If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of the, the things that people don't see or maybe don't quite consider is that like some shoots are so pressurized. Honestly, one of the nicest humans I've ever met is Kaka, like let alone just nicest footballers, nicest people I've ever met. One of my favorite videos of yours was when you had Marco Royce uh, train you and was there yeah. in your ear uh, playing against Vooch, who was trained by Axel Witzel. At the end, we were like, wow, I think we've got something special here because we'd never seen anyone do anything like that before. Like I, To this day, I still haven't seen that. Like, translating for Messi on stage at an Adidas event, speaking French with Zidane several times. I would not be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for languages. The more you're open and the more you're willing to say yes to stuff, and, and being enthusiastic about just doing things, the more I think you find out about yourself and you expand as a, as a person. Have you ever had a time in your life where you've had like a mental health challenge to conquer? Or have you always been on this like constant journey? The last two months have been like really tough. Probably the toughest in my life, just because I, I involve myself up in so much in my work that if I'm not working, I do just genuinely feel useless. Yes, people, welcome to the Football and Feelings podcast. Thank you for joining me. I am Liam, your host, as always. I hope you're keeping well and these podcasts are giving you some sort of joy in your day to day during these tough times for you. Thank you for joining me. If you've enjoyed this episode or if you do enjoy it, if you've enjoyed any of the others, feel free to leave a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's a bit of admin there, but we'll get that out of the way. And that's all done. Let me introduce you to my guest for this episode. I'm here with multilinguist. I'm going to say self-improvement maestro. I'm going to go with that <laughs> fantastic presenter, Michael Timms. How are you, my man? Hello, mate. I'm very good, man. That is, what an intro that is. Wow. It's a pleasure. Um, what, do you want me, what do you want me to call you, by the way? Michael, Timsy, Big Mike. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Big, yeah. Big Mike was what I was going to go with originally. Um, no, I uh, anything, man. Like Michael's literally my name, but obviously everyone knows me as Timsy, so I'm, honestly, I'm not fussed. Okay, okay, great. How are you getting on during this lockdown? What's going on? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm good, man. I say, yeah, I say, I say I'm good, but that's just like a generic response in it. Like, no one ever really says anything, but I'm good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been. It's been. It's been okay. Like, I think everyone's just looking forward to the end of this lockdown because it's the well, it has to be kind of like the final one. So I think everyone's just sitting, sitting tight, staying patient, uh, and then yeah, just wait to see what happens in the summer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I'll be good. What about you? What about yourself? I'm okay, mate. I'm not too bad. These podcasts have been quite an important part of my lockdown experience, I think, just to yeah, break nice. the day up. It's the monotony of these days that, that is um, slowly killing me. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, this is good. This is it's a it's a very um good idea. And I think it's quite important as well, um, to have something like this as well. Like it's not not even, you know, for people to listen to and hear different perspectives and stories as well, but like for you as well, as you said, mm. it's it lockdown can get so monotonous um and it kind of like you know days just kind of pass by so mm. it's quite a nice thing i guess for you like a project to work on 
you know exactly mate exactly i've got a lot to talk about today with you as well but i want to start with a bit of football chat um now this football this episode is going out next week so we won't keep it too topical um and i apologize to any listeners that aren't arsenal fans as well there's going to be a, a, a bit of arsenal topics going on i'm an arsenal fan as is timzy but let's get started anyway i want to know what your first memory of football is being in your life whether that's as a fan or as a player um my 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 first memory of football would literally be like playing football as a kid um like playing with my brother in the back garden or or going down to visit my granddad in Eastbourne and 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 playing by the by the beach there um so it's like it's mostly it's obviously I think for most people like as a kid you're playing and you want to you know you want to impress your dad and you want to play Sunday league and stuff and then actually watching it would be uh obviously Arsenal I went to Highbury quite a few times but um yeah, back in like 98, 99, 2000, that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty standard kind of memories, I guess. Nothing special. Yeah, yeah. Was there like a first Arsenal player that you, that you remember watching? Uh, Tony Adams, probably. I think he was my first, the first Arsenal player that I was sort of connected to in some way in that obviously he was the skipper. Um, but also we're in, a, in a weird kind of like twist of fate, I guess. It, we... we m- me and my family became quite close friends with him because we, um, when I played Sunday League, so I played South West London, so Feltham, and for some reason, him, his son uh, called Ollie played for Feltham as well. And so we're obviously in the same team and then Tony would come down and watch. And this is, this is kind of peak, I say peak boozer Adams, but as in just as he was doing his <laughs> rehab and stuff, you know, yeah, just write yeah, his yeah. book. And um, him and him, Tony and my dad got on really well. Um, and uh, wow, so we mad. just, yeah, our families, yeah, our families kind of spent quite a bit of time together. So I think it was it was weird how it kind of went from like a few years earlier watching him play. I remember playing him playing, I think maybe getting injured against Wimbledon at home. Um, and then, yeah, a few years later, kind of linking up with him and, and you know, I guess being a being a pal. That's mad. Wow. I, was, yeah. I wasn't expecting that that sort of link. I was expecting just, you know, Thierry Henry on the TV. No, of course. And Thierry as well. Ian Wright, you know, all the standard of course, ones. But, yeah, but of Tony course. was the very first one that I can kind of remember as a kid. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favourite player of the present? Favourite player of the present? Um, I, I'd say, uh, for a few reasons, I'd say like Bukayo, just because <laughs> he's like the boy wonder, I think, for a lot of us. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, look, to be fair, I, the, the, I think the team is quite likable at the moment. Um, so that I, I do like a lot of the lot of the boys, kind of. And then I, you know, the ones I'm lucky enough and just through work and stuff to actually know, like Emil is a is a great kid that I've, mm. I've known for a few years and stuff. So um, Emil, it, it always makes me happy to to see someone like Emil succeed and stuff because you know I've wanted him to succeed for so long. So it's nice to see him actually like produce on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I've got a question about that coming up. The, the mm. relationships you've you've built up with some of these players. But um, first, have you gotten around to reading Arsene Wenger's book? So no, and actually, I got it for Christmas. Um, and weirdly, I mean, I should just read it in it. But um, I, I weirdly, I got put off quite a bit by. I got I had so many rich reviews from like my mate. A lot of my mates are Arsenal fans. I've seen people online. A lot of the journos and a lot of the Arsenal pundits and fans that I, I follow on Twitter really mixed reviews um about the book like none of them say it's awful 
but some of them say like it's amazing great insight whatever, and others are a bit like it's a bit disappointing so so I, i've been a bit put off by that but i, I will read it i will mm-hmm. yeah I, I i sort of sort of agree with that in parts it's great to see I've, I've read it already you can see how just obsessed he is with football from such an early yeah. age that's quite impressive but because he's such a classy bloke he doesn't give you the juicy stuff you want of course in a, but, in a but, it, but even then i i don't even i i am not fussed at all by you know him you know digging up dirt on people or slagging anyone off or like oh the feud with Mourinho and all this sort of stuff mm. I, I honestly I couldn't care less about any of that like it's more just I I, I just want to hear what he thinks about stuff like he's just yeah. for me such an interesting bloke that you know if you know the, the question of like oh what three people would you bring to dinner or whatever like he's always the one that I just want to be able to speak to because mm-hmm. I just find him he's so interesting so intelligent and he's He's actually, he's literally had such a huge part to play in my life, even though I've met him once. Like, it's just, yeah, amazing. So I, I, I as long as it's got that sort of insight, that kind of personal um, storytelling sort of element to it, that, that, that'll be more than enough for me. So I, I will read it, I promise. Have you read it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is decent. Also, it's, it's mad that he only managed teams that played in red and white. I didn't realise that until the book came out. Oh, God, yeah, Nagoya, Monaco, yeah. Yeah, but it's, oh, that's yeah. The, the book. The book's called "My Life in Red and White." I just presumed that was just Arsenal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> selfishly, we're just like, yeah, no, it's got to be yeah. Arsenal or nothing. <laughs> that, next, nextly, I want to find out your five-a-side dream team: Arsenal, past and present. I think I have mine. Um, oh, okay. So, but yeah, I, 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 I was is. weirdly. I was literally saying this on on Sunday. I was chatting to a, a few pals, and then this came up, so he just said it. But um, I would say. I would say you've got to have a goalie in it, but um, pro- probably I'll go Jens. I'll go Jens, and then I'm just going to go real attacking and go Vieira, Burkamp, Omri. Ah, Burkamp, Omri, and maybe Van Persie. <laughs> I'm just going for pure tech. So I'm just going to go uh, yeah. Burkamp on Van Persie, Vieira, Lehman. Okay, that's that's decent. I've, I've gone Jens as well. I, I think I'd say Jens. Just because, especially five aside, it's quite a small pitch. I think Jens would be giving it to the other keeper. Be giving yeah, yeah. Their heads. yeah, just mental case. Uh-huh. I've gone Ashley Cole at the back. Um there's, good, no, yeah. there's no point. There's no point getting a centre back in five side, in my opinion, especially if you're keeping it blow head height. So I was going to yeah. be useless there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then Fabregas, Burkamp, and Omri. That's a, that's what I've gone for. Fa- I was close to Fabregas. Fab- Fabregas is a very very special place in my heart as well. So mm, um, yeah, yes, Sesk is a good one. It's close for me. <laughs> now you've done some work with Arsenal and, and have made connections with some of the players, like we were speaking mm-hmm. about, like Bellerin and, and Smith Rowe. Does that feel quite normal to you now? Because I imagine like your fourteen year old self probably wouldn't yeah. really believe it. Yeah, it is. It's. It's sort of a shame to say, but it's, I guess it's the novelty does wear off of, you know, even, even not even just Arsenal, but like doing this sort of job where you obviously like chat to footballers and you you present and stuff like that. Like mm. at first, naturally, it's a bit overwhelming. It's really surreal. Um, but then the more you do it, the more you get used to it, the more professional you become, the more experience you get, the less you're kind of daunted by the occasion and and it's this person or that person and they do just become people it's weird like we 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 exalt these footballers as like like deities yeah i mean they these are like 
gods that we look up to and that have been inspirations in the sort of and then as soon as you start meeting them you realize like oh these you know for the most part they're really nice but you might be like oh this person's a bit weird or a bit moody or they're all normal people mm-hmm. um and you know it just it just when it comes to arsenal players and and them kind of uh, yeah as i said like having a special place in your heart and stuff and naturally it means a lot but then it does just become normal in a way it's um you know it's it's both like the perks and i guess the um natural kind of conclusion of like your your job is that you get to meet all these people that you love and you idolize whatever and then the novelty does wear off but i kind of i think it would be maybe a little bit weird if it if the novelty didn't wear off it would be a bit odd so um yeah it's great like it's to be able to especially like work so close with arsenal and 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 get to know the players and stuff it's 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 like an added bonus it's not like you know this this makes or breaks me and like without this i'll be devastated it's more just like it's you know what it's amazing that i get to work so close to the club i love and and get to know and get to chat to the players that you know i watch every week and that i want to do well um so yeah it's it's uh it's now sort of like not. I just don't really. I don't think about it anymore. It just kind of, just happens for some reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. Now it will be. It wouldn't be right to talk about your career without touching on your time at Cup and Ninety, and especially as it seems like a sort of iconic part of the journey for a lot of amazing presenters and creators in the football space. But you started just on the social media side of things, right? So how different yeah. is the Michael that joined Cup and Ninety to the Michael that left as a person? Oh, as a person, that's a great question. Um, I think when I I was, uh, I don't know when I when I joined. So I was just kind of straight out of uni, or t- took some time off after uni, and then it was literally like my first proper job was like as an intern. Um, I was sort of just testing the water, as you know, I guess a mid twenties or early twenties guy mm. does. I know I like football. I, I I can speak a little bit and I can write. And, you know, I'd always sort of been inter- interested in like journalism or chatting to people and stuff. like. It's just like, the, I don't know, it's what I I figured that I'd, I'd like. Um, but I never really knew that at that point, it was like, that's what I wanted to do. It was more just like, this is a cool opportunity. So, um, yeah, I, I, I did that. And then slowly kind of for, for one reason or another, I got introduced on camera and, and started doing more presenting stuff. Um, but it was, I was just sort of enjoying it. I was so, I I'm so, look back at myself quite enviously in that I was so in the moment and I was so concentrated on just like working and not thinking too much about the future or, or what, what does this mean? If I do this next shoot, this is going to be amazing. And looking back on like, this is all the amazing stuff I've done or anything like that. It was just more, I was so, um, I guess in the present and just focused on the, the job at hand and in a way yeah like now I'm sort of because I'm all grown up and I guess more experienced and 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 I've done this for quite a while now and, and moved into a kind of now a freelance role and stuff like I, I'm I, I feel like I know the gravity of stuff more like even even though I'm, I'm not it's like I'm daunted by shoots or anything like that anymore but it's more like I understand how big or or small or how kind of important everything is now compared to when I was when I first joined or in the first two three years or whatever when I was doing my stuff it was like 
that I did a really big shoot and then it's like, okay, cool. On to the next one sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's the nature of the job as well. It's so fast paced, like football media. So, um, but now that I've, I've, I guess now that I'm freelance and I, I can kind of control my time a lot more, I have a lot more time to kind of reflect and think about things, which is both a blessing and a curse, I guess, because it can get a bit long and it can get a bit like, you know, daunting, I guess, but also it's great because I can take time to relax and and I can, you know, think about things more like what I really like and what I don't like. So I'd say, yeah, I, I was more at the beginning, I was more innocent and sort of just, yeah, innocently like enjoying my first job and just going at it a hundred percent and giving everything. And now it's, now I'm kind of a bit more weathered and cynical. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm, I'm like, no, now it's like, it's just because I'm more experienced, I'm more I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think about things a lot more now, but I don't know. I guess that's just a sign of getting older, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We all we all yearn for those days where we'd just run. The rake would hit us in the face, but would keep running. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. That, just, yeah. That, that changes over time, unfortunately. But um, yeah, exactly. your transition to from behind camera to on camera seemed like quite a smooth one because of the relationship you had with Poet and Vooj. Was yeah. that transition, was that scary or did that just feel natural? No, but that, that, that's what I was saying. Like, I, it wasn't scary at all because I didn't even know, I, I didn't even feel like anything was happening. I felt like it was such a natural, a natural progression from being off camera, doing tweets and, and kind of working on edits and all this sort of stuff to being on camera and presenting and, and being a part of, you know, that presenting world to then having my own show and all this sort of stuff, like, I felt like it was such a yeah, natural progression that I didn't bat an eyelid. I didn't think like, oh, wow, I've got this. And now thinking back, I was like, wow, I have my own show. And like I did a, a, a whole branded series with Addy and traveled here and did this and whatever. So um, it was like, that. that's why I always feel really bad whenever anyone asks me, like, I'd love to do stuff like what you're doing or like, how did you, how did you get to where you, and I was like, I, honestly, I sort of don't even know how I I got to do what I'm doing because it was like I, I was so lucky that I joined somewhere that was so I guess open to to like new things and 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 pushing everyone to do what they wanted to do and and sort of thing like that I didn't second guess like oh is this what I really want to do whatever it was just like I really love what I'm doing I'm so, I'm so grateful let's just keep doing it um so yeah it was it was like the, the the most natural thing in the world to me I didn't really feel like oh my god like they're putting me on camera now and stuff like at the beginning I was really nervous I remember the first few shoots I was bricking it like didn't know what I was doing really like <laughs> as in I, as in you know the the I remember what Tom the producer at the time he's like mate just don't worry relax be yourself I was like I didn't even know what myself is yeah you know I mean I'm just like you're telling me to present these things. And I'm like, I don't know. All I know what to do is like play football and like chat to people. I don't know. And it was just literally through that and just doing it. And and that's the beauty of YouTube, I guess, is that you just keep churning stuff out, trial and error, trial and error, and you get better. Um, and then it just became, yeah, I guess what, what I do now. It was, um, yeah, it was a very natural kind of career arc, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing though, that I think viewers don't, don't see, or maybe don't, don't think about too much is like the stress of having, for example, you might have like 10 player, 10 minutes or so with a player that I imagine sometimes doesn't want to be there. Or yeah. you, you could be waiting for hours to get those 10 minutes. But have there been any shoots that have been like excruciatingly hard to get good content um, out of? Y- yes and no. Like there's 
no, there's been no like footballer that has been just a pain in the ass or or has made purposely made things hard for me or anything like that. Um, you are right. Like it is one of the the things that people don't see or maybe don't quite consider is that like the some shoots are so pressurized that like it's yeah you will literally have you're supposed to have 45 minutes with this one player and you've got this whole shoot that you've got planned with these sets of questions and then this segment that you want to do and take and and eventually they're like right we've got seven minutes you've got to do it now you're not going to and and there's so much pressure and so much riding on such a small amount of time with a player that you know ultimately you have no control over you can do your bit but if they're not receptive or or if they decide to do whatever they want to do like that's that's literally out of your control and i think the the more you do it and now i'm at a point where like i'm i'm so i guess um at ease with the fact that it's not really up to me like at, at the beginning and because you know i guess i was younger and i think a lot of people find this at the beginning is that like you're so desperate to do well. You're so desperate for it to be a good shoot. And naturally, I, the same thing today. Like I, I, I want every shoot to be the best shoot I've ever done. But it's more, I think, you wrap yourself up in it so much more at the beginning because, you know, it's what you're doing and, and you feel like you have a massive part to play and that, like, I need to smash this or whatever. Whereas now I'm, yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm so at ease with the fact that, like, look, I'm going to do my bit. I'll have a good time. I'll see if they want to have a good time as well. And if we do, great um so uh yeah on, on the whole though it's the, the the process is quite it is a bit stressful and pressurized but for the most part 95 percent of the time it goes on without a hitch and and you know the player's lovely you get more, more or less the time that you needed to do it um and and that's it Mm-hmm. Have there been any players that seem to go above and beyond to immerse themselves in the interview or, or the activity? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's loads to be fair. Like mm. most, most players are really good sports and they'll do, you know, a bit more than the minimum that, you know, they're not going to just give you these really glib answers and everything. It's, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll bring out their personality a little bit and they'll warm up and, and they'll, they'll want to come across well, because I think it is in most footballers, you know, best interest to come across well in, in uh, especially online. Um, but a few players that kind of come to mind are like Oxlade-Chamberlain, which I think everyone knows is a really, really nice bloke. The not, Honestly, one of the nicest humans I've ever met is Kaka, like let alone just nicest footballers, nicest people I've ever met. And like, Vood will attest to that as well. Like He's honestly one of the nicest guys. Um, but I mean, the list goes on. Like I could say Hector Bellerin, I could say Aubameyang, I could say whoever calvin phillips just so many people that i've i've been lucky enough to chat to like they're all lovely class that is class do you think that or why do you think that players are generally just more receptive to this style of media engagement as opposed to like for more formal formats um i I think they can be themselves a bit more and i think they're also it's it's in a way it's a reflection of um what they're doing or the person even doing the interview like i think if the person you know not not that you have to always be like this but like if the if the person doing the interview or or chatting to them is relaxed and is straight away you can just tell that you know they're up for a laugh and it's really light-hearted and stuff that they are going to immediately be put at ease and they'll be receptive to you know what you're doing um you know if you had a really really 
serious interview but you dressed up like as a clown literally then they'll be like well what, what's going on but like because i think they just they, they they get the feeling from you whether you're being really serious whether you're joking about and and they feed off of that um but also i think it is a sign of the times though with footballers that uh naturally social media obligations and like online profile and stuff is so 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 much more important and so much more widespread than it was even 10 years ago that naturally now like they just footballers are just more used to it so in 10 years time unless there's some kind of weird regulations that come in into for privacy or confidentiality or whatever like in 10 years time you'll see every single footballer be super receptive super open to doing loads of different stuff but it's just because you know back in the day there was very few you know media obligations and interviews now you've got interviews before the game half time end of the end of the game and stuff whereas before it was like end of the game chat to the chat to a player or chat to a manager and that was it and there was no you know social media day like so every club has media days that they kind of block out for brand partnerships and all that sort of stuff and you know i'm guessing 20 years ago there wouldn't really have been as many you know every wednesday or every thursday boom there's a media day because we've got this partner coming in and you have to be you know uh dressed up and 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 do whatever the person says you have to do because you're a representation of the club so um representative of the club sorry so um yeah it's uh yeah for the most part it's it's always pretty chilled and and they're always good value mm-hmm. one of my favorite videos of yours especially in your time at copper 90 was when you had marco royce uh train you and was there yeah. in your ear uh playing against vuge who was trained by axel witzel um yeah. because he seemed like such a good sport and we got to see future arsenal star michael timms on the ball <laughs> <laughs> i'm still i'm 28 but i'm still hoping to maybe yeah. get like a one or two week trial future wonder kid <laughs> yeah exactly. but, um, what was your favorite uh video of that era so that for me that was probably that's what a lot of people that I've chatted to say is their kind of favorite video as well, which is like a really big, it is quite a big source of pride for me just because it's a, it's an idea that myself and and my friend Kai drew up um, because, you know, as, as I progressed kind of through copper and started doing less social media stuff, but more kind of actual like shooting and production stuff that I had more, I guess, obligations as, as almost like a producer or like a creative to come up with ideas and help execute shoots and stuff. And that was in a response to a brief from Puma saying, you know, we have these three kind of launch dates for different boots um, over the season. And we'd love to do like a partnership or like a video series. But if we had, if you had access to players, what would you do? Um, and so, yeah, me and Kai just sat down and we just chatted through it and we're like, wow, this, and then it just, you know, for some reason it just, things happen and, one idea gets evolved into another and gets slightly flipped into another. And then it just came up at the end. We're like, wow, I think we've got something special here because we'd never seen anyone mm. do anything like that before. Like I, I, to this day, I still haven't seen that. So um, to, to actually come up with that, that idea and really plan it out and then to see it come to life, you know, in, in these videos that were really popular and that were received so well and that the players really enjoyed as well. I think that's when you know that you've, you've had like a big hit which was which was nice so that was from a personal point of view that was definitely um a highlight of mine and then there was like the series that I had with Addy you know playing football with I mean look like playing football with professional footballers for for a series is sort of like surreal so 
um naturally that's kind of my i guess my highlight but all, all of it for, for different reasons like my whole time there doing different things um it is all kind of one big highlight reel i guess mm-hmm. what about going freelance was that quite a scary move to make uh yes yes and no in, in at the beginning yeah because obviously it's unknown territory and i didn't know whether i was like not that i was any good but that you know, copper was always my safety blanket. And, you know, I, I'd started as a 23, 24 year old and, and worked till I was a 20, I guess, seven year old, 26, seven. And doing that, I was always like, no matter what happened, you know, if I was presenting or not, or if something went well or not, it was fine because at the end of the month, I was always paid. I always felt like needed. And, you know, it was just, it was, it was home. It was, it was so secure that I knew I was okay. And then deciding to go freelance was obviously a big step. And at the beginning, yeah, as I said, I was nervous because I don't know if people will want me. I don't know if I'm actually any good compared to anyone else. I just all I know is that I enjoy it. And for some reason, people like some of the stuff that I do. Um, but then, yeah, after, you know, when, when I announced that I was freelance and then after a week or two, seeing the kind of responses and stuff, then I was like, OK, uh, I'm OK. Um and yeah, since then it's been, it's, it's been on the whole, it's been good, man. Obviously it's been a tough year for a lot, a lot, a lot of people. And it's, so many people have had it so much worse than me. So I can't complain in any way, but just from a personal point of view, like it's, it's had a lot of ups and downs, not being freelance, but, but this year has had a lot of ups and downs that, you know, I've had to deal with, but yeah, I've always kind of, I, I'm, I think I'm quite a positive person anyway. So I'm sort of just, I always try and look at the positive side of things and just keep you know, I find solace in working hard and just getting your head down and grafted just because I think that it helps. It helps in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like it's really it's really you're benefiting from breaking through that sort of fear barrier. I guess everyone feels that a bit of imposter syndrome sometimes, right? Especially sure, in situations I, like that. Yeah, I feel like this is the what's worked for me. One of the most one one of the things that has been most kind of that has consistently worked for me is just just doing stuff i don't know it's it's weird like getting your head down and just diving into stuff not to say like recklessly kind of you know not mm. not not planning anything or whatever but just like saying yes to things is so important and I, even since you know the, the the day i joined copper and and straight away like just saying yes to anything that they asked me to do and that's not to say driving yourself you know working yourself down to the bone and you're fried and mentally you're fatigued and all this sort of stuff but more just like being open like not not being a closed-minded or kind of cut off person like being so open and willing to just say yes to things like whether it's stuff that that, that you're scared to do or if it's if you're jumping out of a plane and skydiving whatever it is but just like i think the more you're open and the more you're willing to say yes to stuff and and being enthusiastic about just doing things the more i think you find out about yourself and you expand as a as a person and that professionally, that's one of the biggest things that, that, that I've learned and that has been so key to, to me kind of, I guess, progressing is that I, I've, I've always been willing and I always want to be willing to just say yes to things. Because mm-hmm. um, even then, if you're inexperienced, whatever, you just, just learn on the job. You just learn by doing. And it's not to say, you know, obviously you need to be, to be good or, you know, if you say yes to something and you're, and you're crap, then you might not get called back for something or you know but just 
just saying yes to stuff is so important. And that's, yeah, it's definitely something that's worked for me. It seems like going freelance has given you the chance and maybe the time to throw yourself into some some real life fitness challenges as well and self self development stuff. And coming yeah. up soon, um, like I said, this episode is going out after the next challenge. But you're doing four miles every four hours, four four to eight hours, right? Yeah, yeah. How, so that, how again, are you feeling? Like, uh, a little bit nervous, but it's just more. You know, I, I I like as I said, I like kind of just saying yes to stuff and just doing things because i feel like yeah you just find out more about yourself and physical challenges is already something that's interested me as well and you know i I don't mind running and stuff so as soon as this came up and and naturally as well it's just as you said before like lockdown and and this pandemic and everything it's like every day becomes so monotonous that sometimes you just need to shake something up just to feel some life back in you you know what i mean and this is just one way i said like at the beginning when when this kind of challenge came up and my mate will asked me like do you want to do it I was like yeah fuck, why not because we'd been in lockdown for however long and it's it's another two months until the end of lockdown and all that so I was like nothing else is going to be happening so why not like I just it gets me out of the house and it, it it really focuses my mind on something that isn't wake up it's a pandemic it's lockdown try and occupy myself and then go to bed yeah you know I mean like it's it gives you it, for me it gives me like direction so um yeah, I've got that challenge up uh, coming up and stuff. But equally then, it's just like, as soon as that's done and we're out of this pandemic, it's not like straight away, I just want to get back to normal life and get back to, you know, going to bars and, and all this sort of stuff. Like, nah, I just want to keep, you know, living as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I, yeah, <laughs> if you chat to me on the Monday and I'm there and I, I yeah. can't walk again, then then I'll probably give you a different answer. <laughs> yeah, well, you can listen back to this after you've done yeah, it and yeah. say, I, I was foolish, man. What was I thinking exactly yeah exactly <laughs> are you going to be documenting it like you did for the for the seven marathons in seven days yeah so i'll be i'll be filming it i want to make a I, i'm having a bit of a i don't know like I, i'm i'm still kind of deciding what i want to do with my own youtube and stuff just because at the moment it's not like my full focus just because i'm I, i'm obviously presenting for for bbc and and ea sports and all that sort of stuff so i'm just like focusing on that because that's what i do you know it's where i get my money and all that sort of stuff but um yeah i will, I will be documenting it um because I, I again it's just yeah it's interesting or I, I find it interesting anyway so I, so I might as well do it and and just yeah just I don't know is it as I said with my YouTube I'm, I'm at a bit of a crossroads or a bit of maybe just a bit of a writer's block or the equivalent of a writer's block where like I'm not sure what I want to do with it and you know there's a lot of I'm not self-doubt but like consideration that goes into you know doing youtube and and putting yourself out there and stuff that like you know when it's going well it's great you don't even need to think about it you just push stuff out it's great and then other times when obviously things have been a bit flat and like this year for example like you it feels like you're always going from zero and you're trying you know going from like a stagnant position to right i've got to come up with something um but yeah so for this i'm just i'm just uh yeah i might as well i was like might as well just document it see what happens you know and uh and then go from there yeah man you, you should you definitely should i've really enjoyed the seven marathons in seven days because even though you got injured and i know you were gutted about that but from yeah. a viewer's perspective it seemed to just turn into like the most the most wholesome experience it looked like a okay. like a london takeover as no, well. Yeah, honestly that that was that was and that's that is when i i thought to myself i was like like when you yeah exactly say yes to stuff and really test yourself and push yourself like amazing things like can happen like and it was obviously like the the, i i did it because 
obviously with the whole Black Lives Matter movement that was going on, that's still going on, but but that kind of really flared up at that point. And I wanted to help out and stuff. Like it was, it was, it was to raise money for that, but also because it was such a big challenge. Um, and you know, I'm lucky enough to have so many like good friends and and know people that that care about, you know, they're just they're, they're nice people that I think it was it was a real like wave of I guess like human I guess sympathy or emotion or I don't know it was just like a really powerful week um that I now look back on and it's like that is honestly one of the most yeah, fulfilling things I've I've ever done and you know for selfishly like it's obviously not about that it's about making like getting as much money as possible and supporting um but just from a from a personal point of view it was a really um yeah it was a special week in my life for sure how did you feel directly after that because sometimes with those sort of challenges people can feel quite deflated almost like their purpose yeah, has been taken it, away it, it was uh I, I didn't feel deflated I felt a bit useless because right. I, I was there I was like oh, I've done five and then my knees blew up and I'm like I can't even walk now and I just felt I felt a little bit yeah maybe a little bit flat but it wasn't like you know I was like down in the dumps like oh my god I've done it and now what do I do with my life it's like no I know what I'm gonna do I'm, I've got work again so I've, I've just got to focus on what I'm doing but it was um no it, it was it was it was definitely kind of an extreme high um to 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 see that many people involved and to do you know a good thing to to then just kind of normality again but um it was it was you know there was no sort of negative from it at all it was just I just couldn't walk for like three weeks which was a bit crap because I was limping everywhere and I had to do mm. rehab and stuff which was like but now obviously I'm, I'm okay now well fingers crossed anyway what do you what do you enjoy most about these challenges is it is it the mental achievement or mainly the physical side I, I uh physically no is it is the mental thing because it's all about you know pushing yourself I just feel like as I said like the more the more you do and especially things that really put your mind and body to the test. That's when you really find out what you're made of mm. and not even finding out what you're made of in, in like a egotistical way. It's like, oh, show yourself how great you are. It's not even that. It's more just like proving to yourself that you are capable of so much more than you think you are. Um, and, and this is not to say in any way that I'm like a physical beast or whatever like there are people who are millions of times better than me at any sort of running physical activity but like just from for, from a personal experience like I've I remember the first run I did over like 10k years and years and years ago and then I was thinking like bloody hell that was so hard and then do it a little bit more and you get better and then did my marathon and I was bricking it for my first marathon I was like what am I doing I'm running 26 miles and all this sort of crap and all I've seen are videos of people like can I swear yeah 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 Okay, videos of people like shitting themselves and like <laughs> passing out and all this. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is this is mental. Like, <laughs> and then after having done it, I felt so good. I was like, oh my god, I've just done a marathon. Like, that's so cool. And then it's just these these challenges, especially I guess physical challenges that that test you mentally and test your limits. That's when mm. you find out that like your limits are nowhere near as small as you think they are. Like, you are capable of so much that. Uh, that's why I guess these challenges are uh, one it's it's just a good thing to do and I love I love you know doing physical stuff anyway because I feel like it makes me you know feel alive but also just they're like constant you know it, everyone lives in their own like bubble like mm. that's your life yeah and that the more things like these you do it's not even have to be physical challenges it can be just saying yes to a 
big job or it can be moving to a new city or whatever. It's like the more stuff you do, the bigger your bubble gets, like the more life you get to experience. And I feel like that is such a healthy thing um, that that's what I've kind of made sure I do. I just like every, however frequently I feel I need it, just do something that really pushes me outside of my comfort zone. Cause then you just, you know, you just, you just do more stuff and you, and you, you, experience more life as pathetic as that sounds like it just <laughs> no it, i know exactly what you is, mean I, I completely agree as well it, it's, it's impossible to to talk about those things without sounding a little bit corny sometimes you know of course yeah but it's there's obviously in these kind of age-old truths there are nuggets of you know wisdom that i guess we can we can pick up on and just mm-hmm. it's just something that's worked for me i was like the more the more the more things i experienced and like i can kind of count on myself like the yeah the better it is so yeah that's yeah that's it really that's kind of my my um yeah i guess i don't know the, the like something i've just developed and that i want to just mm. keep doing yeah yeah have you ever had a time in your life where it's you've had like a mental health challenge to conquer or do you or have you always been on this like consistent constant journey i guess but like like I, i've only even considered like myself being even like just alive like consciously like know what I'm doing or whatever for the last like few years really like I didn't all the way from when you're a kid up to honestly till I was about 24 25 did I even I was just living I was basically like a newborn baby I didn't know what I was doing, just living doing stuff <laughs> and you know you develop your quirks and your personality traits and all this sort of stuff but like it's only really been over the last few years have I really like thought about like life and my life and realized that I I'm in here yeah I mean like it's it's weird but I've never I've been so lucky that I haven't had uh any sort of like mental problems or anything like really kind of mentally draining or or like arduous um up until genuinely up until like this year and I say this year I mean like 2021 like even throughout lockdown and and all of that like it was fine i've 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 always been positive and just tried to keep myself busy but not been too hard on myself and it's like i'm not like i wasn't one of those ones who felt like oh shit, i need to be doing stuff and you know it's like it's the middle of a global pandemic you don't owe anyone anything like you don't even owe yourself i need to learn this new thing or whatever i don't i need to feel like i'm progressing like no the people who run countries don't even know what they're doing so how is a normal person supposed to know what they're doing so but it's literally only been since the start of this year 2021 and this lockdown that i've genuinely like not struggled but overthought to the point of it is sort of like paralyzing like i, I don't know if that's even like normal or if this is just not even a big deal but like that for me has been uh kind of illuminating that i've never struggled with it at all and then this literally over the last like so was it second of march now like the last two months have been like really tough probably the toughest in my life just because i i I involve myself up in so much in my work like i find so much purpose in my life through work that if i'm not working i do just genuinely feel useless um and i i guess i guess quite a lot of people you know feel Mm. like that that they're so attached to their career and and you know, it's like my job is my calling and I'm, you know, all this sort of crap. But like, I, I enjoy what I do so much and that I just 
I'm so thankful and I find so much direction and yeah, as I said, purpose from what I do that if I'm not doing it consistently or I don't feel like I'm doing it enough to feel like I'm going somewhere, I just feel like lost. Mm. And that has been, that's been like really eye-opening for me because I'd never felt like that before. So like the last two months, generally it's, it's Matt, like, honestly, maybe last year, if you, if you reached out and you said like, oh, I'd love to chat about football, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll do it sometime, whatever. But like mm-hmm. when I, when I saw it and, and it sort of, I thought to myself, I was like, this is, I don't know, it's like not meant to be, but like, it's something I've been thinking about a lot more. So um, yeah, the last two months have, have been as hard as I can remember it being in my entire life. Um, but then again, I know that this is not, you know, some people are going through so much harder stuff that like, I can't, as I said, I can't complain. I just got to, you know, deal with it and, and um, just get through it and know that things will get better. Yeah, I've, I've, that, that is important to bear in mind. But also I feel like a lot of people are, are at risk of like undermining how they feel about stuff. Like you're in, you are in your own head. So problems are all relative, right? A millionaire has problems. A billionaire has problems. Someone with no money has problems. And to each person, those problems feel just as important. So I, mm. I think it's important. It, it's it's amazing that you've you've started to notice that. But also, just because people have it worse doesn't mean that you can't feel shitty. Of of course, yeah, no, of course, and I, I no, I I know, I know that deep down. But also, I feel like I'm fine. Like I, I always just think, <laughs> like I, I I say this a lot as well. But like, um, I know that deep down, like I'm okay, hmm. and that I almost feel like I'm not as important as like other people or like the well-being of other as long as everyone else is okay i'll be okay so that's sort right. of always been my mindset it's like mm-hmm. as long as my mom and my dad are all right as long as my brother and my sisters are okay like as long as my friends and my family as long as everyone else is fine i'm cool so i always feel i always um have thought about it like that that's always sort of been my mindset that I, i'm like I'm the least of my priorities when realistically I should be the top of my priority list because you always have to look after yourself the most because if you're not yourself, I, I, it's weird because I know these things, but then I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I just don't take my own advice or I'm just like, nah, it's fine. Like as long as they're okay, as long as other people are okay, that's fine. Um, but no, I'm so it's, but then this is literally the first time I feel like I've gone through this. So I guess I, it's all a learning curve anyway. Like I need to learn, you know what these feelings are actually like and stuff you know yeah. i need to kind of live through it and and you know see see you know w- what works for me and what doesn't work and all that sort of stuff but yeah i, I do i know I, I understand that like i need to look after myself and i need to make sure i don't under as you say don't undermine and don't under uh value kind of like the, the importance of my my mental well-being and all that sort of stuff but i've always kind of like put it to the side just because it's like as long as you know I'm working and everyone else is okay. I'll be fine. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, it's mad that you kind of said this, that, yeah, it's only over the last like two months that I've really felt like not myself, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one. I think like, like yourself and I, I do this as well. I think everyone does it in modern society. When people ask like who we are, we would normally say our job role or we'd say like, yeah, you're, you're yeah. part of a family, but like, and, and that makes it quite hard to identify who, who you actually are, do you know what I mean? Like if someone asked me, who I am, I'd say I'd say I'm a student. I'm, I do. I'm a, I have a podcast. You'd probably say you're a presenter. Um, yeah. So you don't really talk about it's, who you are when yeah. those things are gone. 
no it is true like I, I but i've always said like when when someone says like what do you do i i sort of because the way i look at things as well it's like i, I don't sometimes i don't even say like i'm a presenter if someone asks like what do you do as a career like what's your mm. job I say like I'm a presenter or whatever, but it's like, what do you do? It's like I don't even know what I do. I just like chat. <laughs> like as in, like, yeah, if you wanna if you wanna define it, it is I guess presenting or host or whatever it is. But like, I don't know, I just live and do stuff. It's not even I don't know, it's such a I know it's a very general and kind of flippant way of putting it, but like, yeah, I don't I've always yeah thought like that anyway. But <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm rambling. No, no, it's fine. I'm all about ramming on this podcast. Um, are you still doing uh, the Wim Hof method? Yeah, so I've got, yeah, I'm doing that. So um, I, I, the, the annoying thing is I don't have like a proper bath to do like ice baths or like I don't have a local like lake. Mm. I'm really envious of people who live in like Norway or Canada who just jump into frozen lakes. I'm like, ah, all that to be me. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm still doing that. I've, I've been inter- in, interested in that for, for like quite a while now, like a few years but it's um, my, my brother bought me the book for Christmas, so I've just been, I've been reading that and um, and and yeah, adopting those kind of like his his method, uh, which is great. It's, it's been it's been really really good, yeah. Yeah, similarly, actually, I'm I'm sort of just just starting to get into some of the methods, own cold showers and stuff like that. And a bit like yourself, in the last few months, sometimes I felt like I've lacked a bit of purpose. So I'm trying to add things like that, waking up a bit earlier, getting my day started well, maybe meditating, writing, exercise. Yeah, I think a lot of, yeah, I've only just really thought about that. I've actually felt quite similar. Yeah, it's no, but it's it's like even with the the biggest thing for me with Wim, Wim Hof is that, it's it is really good for you i think like mentally it's great mm. um obviously it has a host of like health benefits anyway but just even for example cold like cold water therapy or like whatever you want to call it you know cold exposure or whatever like what i've noticed is it, it is so calming instead mm. of before when you first start it is like it's, it shocks you and it, it literally feels like the shittest thing in the world because you're like what am i doing um but even like knowing the health benefits aside just the fact that the cold like really genuinely brings you into the moment that you can't really yeah. focus on much else so it's like you know when people do like run and they have runners high and they zone out and all this sort of thing anything that when you're doing it the only thing you're thinking about is what you're doing i think that's a really special thing and like the 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 cold showers or cold baths or ice baths or whatever like not only does it help you like health wise and it's great for, for, for inflammation and all that, but it's also mentally, it really brings you into the present, which I think is really, really important. And same with the breathing as well. Like um, the breathing is great as well. So, um, but yeah, as you said, like doing these little things, like I, I, I've always been interested in, in like health and wellness and trying to be the healthiest I can be and trying to, you know, just progress just by doing stuff that, I think in in as you said like in lockdown and all that it's like it's so easy to just get bogged down by just not doing much or whatever and it's like you you, you are under no obligation to anyone to do anything or to learn anything or be a better human you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we're all locked indoors what are you supposed to do but yeah. anything like this i think helps um so whether it is yeah waking up early or if it is meditating or if it's writing uh, writing or is it if it's learning an instrument or whatever it is it all helps just focus your mind and i guess like take yeah take your mind off of the thousand things you can think about and it mm-hmm. just focuses it on one or two things which i think is really good so 
Um, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned with the, the Wim stuff. So I'm definitely going to keep doing that. And it's really addictive as well, man. Better than any coffee you'll ever have. I promise yeah. you. Yeah, it does feel incredible. When you come out of a cold shower, you do feel like alive for the first time. First, honestly, first thing in the morning, or if you wait, if you wake up, do some exercise, or go for a run, whatever, you get back, and then you have a you have I have a warm shower, and then turn it to cold for a few minutes. The, you come out and you just feel alive. It's honestly, it's like indescribable though. Yeah, but I know yeah. a lot of people hear it and they're like, ah, fuck it, that's mental. Don't why? I love a hot shower. Like, I love a hot shower as well. I love a hot bath. I love little bubbles and everything. But <laughs> There's something about the cold that really fires up your body. It's, it's really, it's weird, but it's uh, really addictive. Now, I know you're you're an avid reader as well. In the last few years, yeah. where, and, uh, you're on Instagram, you look like a very avid reader. <laughs> no, I, I'm trying to do more, yeah. I'm trying to read more. <laughs> but in the last few years, has there been a book or, or maybe like a method, even like a, a video, something that has sort of had the biggest impact on your life so far? In the last few years, sorry. Um. Uh. Yeah. There's been, there's been a few. Um. The one that I'm reading at the moment or rereading is the the path, which is nice. Um. But yeah, there, there, there's been a few, but I wouldn't even say it like this. I, I've found some really, really great books that are not even like self help books. They're just like fictions or they're like mini mini science fiction, like short stories or whatever. But the one the one that really affected me before. Um, before Christmas was the 5am club. And that's interesting. That's what, so Addy, uh, Addy were kind enough to send me a few running bits. Um, and as part of that, they, they included that book. I think it was just a, a nice care package that they sent in kind of early, late October, early November. And um, I started reading it and it was just like fascinating. I don't know. I just, it really, you know, when something just like you read it and it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and it really motivates you. Um, it's like super uplifting, super inspiring. So I just um, just started doing that and waking up at five a.m. and I did that, and that was literally as the the well, what is now our second lockdown. You know, the one from November to December or whatever it was. When that happened, I was like, right, for the whole of lockdown, I'm going to wake up at five a.m. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to wake up at five a.m. And it was literally just because of that book. And I did it. And weirdly, I've recorded it all and I was going to make a YouTube video. But then at the end, I just didn't feel like I wanted to put it out. But I did that for a month and um, it was great. And that that had a really big effect on me. Um, so, yeah, I'd say 5am Club for me was was quite a, quite an important book. Yeah, yeah. I've, I haven't got around to reading it yet, but I've, I've listened to a few like, book reviews of it. And um, it seems amazing how I, I, know, I can sort of relate to it. When you wake up earlier, you just feel in tune with everything it's, around you, right? Yeah, no, but that's exactly right. And I think like, and, and even that I'm not waking up at 5am now. Uh, mm. I, I, I'm going to probably when, when the weather picks up, I'll, I'll get back on the 5am. But it was like, it wasn't easy. Like it was quite hard to do that, um, especially because the weather started to get so, so, so cold and trying to do that over yeah. December and Jan would have been horrific. Mm-hmm. um but 5 a.m because i did it for a month and i saw how kind of as you say how in tune you are when you when you wake up that early and how at peace you are and how much you can get done it's definitely something i'm gonna, I'm gonna do kind of from spring onwards so probably from like end of march april when the weather picks up it's so much easier to wake up at 5 a.m um and yeah it's just it's just great to kind of get a head start on the day so um yeah i'll, I'll, I'll definitely be doing that that soon 
Yeah, same. I'll be there with you, man. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, hey, do it, do it. But I would say uh, honestly, but a lot like a lot of things, read it, read it first though. Like, yeah, yeah. It, with with anything, if you pick up something just because someone tells you to do it, it's not a sustainable way of 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 doing that thing and maintaining it as a life habit or as a beneficial thing. Like, it's so much easier to motivate yourself to do something if you really understand the reasons, if you read or listen for yourself to why you should be doing it and the benefits rather than just like me. To, that's why I would never tell anyone to do anything. I would never tell anyone to wake up at 5am or be, be vegan or do a marathon or whatever. I would never tell anyone because it's, that's not the way you, I think really kind of inspire people to do stuff. It's more, they need, there is, this, there's an element of like, you have to do your own work and your own research to really convince yourself to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and same thing with the 5am stuff. I'll just say like, if you're interested in doing it, great, but just read it first, like, cause then you'll know whether you really want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll say good read point. it. You good can point. have my book if you want. <laughs> Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Um, it's, it's clear also that you love learning and speaking foreign languages. Um, I needed mm. to touch on this before before we time out on the episode. Right. But um, I know you're fluent in English, of course, Spanish and French and speak pretty good Portuguese, I believe. But where did this interest come from? I don't think I missed it was, any there either. No, no, no. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, <laughs> but my Portuguese, to be fair, it's not pretty. It's like my Portuguese is, is fine. It's like, right. okay. It's, it's basic conversational stuff because I only learned that for like two years at uni. Mm. um so i i can hold a basic conversation but it's nowhere near as good as like my my, my french and spanish so uh, i just started learning it when i was a kid like pro- properly i started learning it kind of maybe once a week at primary school but it was more secondary school when you could pick it up as a language i picked up french from year seven and then year nine i picked up spanish as well and just did those all the way through but it was more um i think it was more because from when I was a kid, my family, my dad is like, has been obsessed with France for as long as I can remember. So any little chance to get away on a holiday, he would always just say, right, we're going to France to go camping or go to a, you know, wherever, go to a hotel or go to Paris or whatever. And um, it was just from there, I think from, from being exposed to it from such a young age um, was so beneficial and it, and it, it helped pick up the language, helped me pick up the language so much. Um, so it's just from there from when I was a kid, same as like, you know, my, my big sister and my brother as well. They're both really, really good at French. Um, and my, obviously my dad's, my dad's fluent as well. He lives there now. So it's, um, yeah, the languages have played a really important part of just not just my, my family's kind of life. Um, and that I guess is one thing I, I, I contradict myself now, but that languages are honestly one thing that I would say I would encourage people to do just because purely from personal experience that i know how much i would not be doing what i'm doing today if it wasn't for languages um it's not that you need to learn every language or whatever but just like learning a language and the host of benefits that it brings you from obviously being able to speak to people in their own language it gives you a better appreciation for your own language for uh understanding people's difference in culture and their views on stuff and why they live how they live and why they do what they do and all that sort of stuff like um it just opens a lot of doors i think for 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 people if you learn languages so yeah that's that's been a massive massive part of um my life for sure Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's been interesting to see you put these skills to the test in videos as well like translating for messi on stage at an adidas event speaking french with zidane several times do you think it's fair to say like you touched on there that this USP of yours has and will continue to take you to places that others might struggle to to hold their own in? 
Yeah, it's 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 not even like oh, there's much struggle, or whatever. Like there there are people miles better than me at French and Spanish, but you know that that are presenters that that can do what I do and and you know add their own flavor to it. But it's more mm. just just from a personal point of view, like whether anyone else is me up against anyone else, it doesn't really matter. I just think like for me, I give myself the best chance of being able to do as much as possible if I speak these languages and I've seen it happen. Like. Um, as I said, like, I love just saying yes to stuff and the, the messy thing that came in, like, when in my life am I ever going to be able to interview Messi live on stage <laughs> in Moscow six mm. months before the World Cup? Like, that's if I didn't speak Spanish and if I hadn't spoken Spanish in, on shoots for the previous six or seven months that Adidas saw I was I was like good enough at, they wouldn't have um, invited me to do it because of, like it just. The way it came about was so bizarre, but they just said they needed someone who could speak Spanish because Messi was coming. And they just said, look, you film with us before. We we trust you. We like you. So do you want to do it? And obviously I just, I had to say, I was bricking it, but I had to say yes, <laughs> just because that's, when am I ever going to do that? So mm. um, yeah, I was, it, it has helped me, you know, I think even beyond what I, I think the importance of it is, I think it's it's been one of the main reasons why I'm, I, I get to do what I do now and and fingers crossed like I'm I'll, I'll have more opportunities in the future and um you know if like, Japan I want to start learning Japanese now just because I want to go to the Olympics and stuff so it's just stuff like that like like I, I might if you know because I work with the BBC I might be able to go to the Olympics in if if it happens I might be able to go to Tokyo and and work at the Olympics because it would be a dream of mine because who wouldn't want to do that as well mm. But it's more also I've realized the importance of learning, of knowing the language. And I just want to put myself in the best position possible to be able to go. And if that's yeah. another thing that helps me, then 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 I'll do it. So, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely languages for me as honestly has been so, so, so helpful. Mm -hmm. That actually leads on quite nicely to the last part of this podcast where I do long ball questions, as I like okay. to call them. They're straight and direct. I've got two hypotheticals and two positive reflection, reflective questions. Hit the me. first one, you, what is your dream presenting job? Now, you can, if you want, you can create this event. It might not even exist or, or, or it can be one that already does exist. Dream presenting job would be... Yeah, something like a an anchor at you know like like a proper presenting. I don't know, like match of the day for example. I mean, look, I I love, I love obviously I love match of the day and I love Gary Lineker and you know Jermaine Genius if he eventually become whatever. But like I I, I just think it's it's match of the day, isn't it? It's like we literally <laughs> grow up watching this as a kid, and to think that I would even even now like I would even be working for the BBC and doing Emma like match of the day X. And mm. interviewing footballers for the, and it goes on football focus and stuff like as a kid like who what the f like, I'm never gonna I would never think in a million years I'll be doing that so um, match of the day X or like no pro probably yeah like presenter like anchor of match of the day will be outrageous but even yeah Olympics would be great just just that's thing <laughs> I don't know so I just want to see if I can do it I I want to yeah. I want to I want to find out how good something can be by doing it rather than just someone telling me, I just like, no, I want to do everything I can. Um, so I'll probably say that. Love it. I believe in you. I believe in you, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Next question. If you had to choose between never watching football again or never being able to speak a foreign language again, which would you choose? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, it's so bad. But I think I'd probably say never, never a foreign language. Yeah, just enough. because it's football. <laughs> Obviously, there's more is a like... language. No, okay, of course. <laughs> It's everything, mate. Like, I, obviously, there's more to life than football. But football is such a massive part of my life. But then I know. But then I love languages. I, honestly, I don't. I honestly don't know because I even think, even without football. Wait, so never watching football again? Never watch football. Yeah. Can I play football? You can play football, but you know how many? Okay, years there we you go. Left, did you? No, no. Oh, yeah, sorry. I've got a few years, mate. <laughs> No, I would say, okay, well, in that case, because I, I like the only thing I like more than watching football is playing football. I love okay. playing football so much. So I would say never watch football again because I'll just play five aside, I'll play 11s on Saturdays, and then I'd, I'd use my languages and, and do other presenting stuff and just live. I feel like I've caused you a bit of stress. <laughs> no, yeah, no, internally as well. I feel a bit like, wow, I don't know. I'm questioning myself now. Okay, and last two questions, some, some positive, reflective questions nice. for this time. What is the best day of your life so far? Oh, my God. The best day of my life. Do, do, have people given you proper answers for this? I've never asked this one before, actually. Wow. Okay. Maybe if, if whatever comes to mind, it doesn't need to be like the yeah. best per se. No, yeah, I just like from a personal point of view, I don't uh, probably. Uh, okay, so prof professionally, I would say it's, it's either the messy one, it's, it's the messy interview, or maybe pre present for England. Mm. But then personally, I, I honestly one of the happiest days of my life is a bit when uh, my sister got married like because i don't know i've never seen her that happy and i just started crying That's i don't even know I was like, what, am I, what am i doing crying at my sister's wedding i'm so pathetic but uh <laughs> no but I, yeah i don't know it was just it, it was that's the thing as i said before it's like i get so much joy out of other people being happy so to see my sister that happy made me fucking mad like mm -hmm. i was so happy so yeah i'll probably say that that's nice, man. That says a lot about you as a person. Lovely stuff. Yeah. And the final question, what about yourself are you most proud of? Uh, my positivity, maybe? Or, yeah, I'd maybe say that. Positivity, like, I, I, I don't know. I just try and stay positive and I like making other people happy. So whatever that means, you know, if it's mm -hmm. being a shoulder to cry on or if it's presenting or doing a really funny video or whatever, as, like, making people happy and bringing some sort of joy to people's lives. That's probably the proudest thing, you know, for me. I don't know. It's, like, it's a bit egotistic, isn't it? I don't know. It's like I'm really proud of myself. No, you've got, you got, you got to do it, man. You've got to be proud no, of yourself. Of course, yeah. But I say, yeah, I'd probably say that. <laughs> like just, just making other people happy makes me happy. So mm -hmm. if I can do that, that's what I'm proud of. That's great, man. That's great. Thank you so much for joining me today on the football. Nice Museum's one, Liam. Podcast, no, I appreciate mate. it, man. Thank you. It's honestly, and also like what, what, what you're doing as well. And, and the podcast itself is obviously a really, really important thing. And especially like over the last two months have I come to realize as well, like really important. So um, no, I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you. Pleasure, mate. Welcome anytime. And thank you so much for opening up about some of that stuff here. I really do appreciate it. No, it's all it. good, man. It's all good. It's all good. Thank you. And to the listener. Nice one, Thank you for tuning in to the Football and Feelings podcast. If you're new around here, maybe head over to the socials, find me on there, just search Football and Feelings, you'll see me. But we'll wrap it up there. Thank you for tuning in. See you soon.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.